0: to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Sanket Shah. He's the AVP of National Accounts at Blue Health Intelligence. He is a highly respected and experienced healthcare industry professional with expertise in healthcare data, business intelligence, organizational strategy, and advanced analytics. Over 15 plus years of progressive experience as a strategic thinker, Sanket is an executor with a history of scaling and driving brand positioning of complex health IT solutions in growth-oriented environments mature, and emerging verticals. He's well-networked with a solid industry reputation as a trusted advisor and brand advocate who continuously diversifies revenue streams via deep insight into the competitive landscape market demand risks and customer value creation to solidify a dominant industry presence he is just a, an incredible mind in the business of healthcare performance history for him is directly relational to healthcare's most dynamic trends around data analytics care management coordination population health management value-based care EHR, EMR. So he's just doing an incredible job of that, serving in uh, the AVP role for Blue Health Intelligence, but also clinical assistant professor at the University of Illinois at Chicago. I think the perspective that he brings is, is really unique, and I'm really excited to, to have him here with all of us. So Sanket, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Saul. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we get into the work uh, that you guys are doing at Blue Health Intelligence, and obviously, listeners, you probably recall uh, we had uh, Swati Abbott, who is the CEO of Blue Health Intelligence. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the interview, please go ahead and uh, and take a listen. But before we dive into your take and the work that you and your team are up to, Sanket, at Blue Health Intelligence, I'd love to hear more about what inspires your work in healthcare.
1: Sure. Yeah, I've been in this industry for, as you mentioned earlier, about uh, 15 plus years. And what's really inspiring for me is the ever so changing landscape within the industry, specifically from the technology side of things. Uh, We're just seeing just tremendous growth um, in terms of, you know, back from way way back when when we were kind of working with paper charts into the high tech act, act into the EMR space, and then ultimately leveraging the data to provide better outcomes for our members and our patients. So that's really, really inspiring to me. And and kind of when you mentioned the University of Illinois Chicago uh, program that I'm a part of, you know, that's really where I get most of my passion is, is listening to these students that are enrolled into the program, those that are looking to make a difference within the healthcare industry, and really um, helping guide and advise some of the next wave of leaders, you know, uh, listening from their perspective, uh, they come from all walks of life, you know, nurses, analysts, analytic folks, uh, doctors, and you name it, and just getting their perspective on how they're trying to tackle some of the biggest issues, uh, and and coming together to, to help solve some of those. Uh, issues has been really aspiring for me and uh, look I, I look forward to, to talking to them and working with them and uh, really excited about just some of the great things that are coming out of the program and also within the space
0: yeah for sure and uh, and so you've got this unique perspective where you're you know training and and educating some of the rising talent as well as working in the industry and so how would you say today you know the business blue health intelligence is adding value to the healthcare ecosystem and in particular who Is it adding value to?
1: Sure. Well, what's unique about BHI Blue Health Intelligence, is that we have a very, um, quite frankly, a a sought after asset, and that is one of the world's largest healthcare claims databases. It's conformed. It is uh, uh, being supported by our Blue Partner plans. And within that warehouse and that database is um, essentially over 200 million lives uh, worth of data over 10 plus years. So you can imagine the types of uh, analysis, analytics that we can actually glean and insights from this data set. And what we're doing that's really unique within BHI is taking a step beyond what I consider the, the, the traditional descriptive and diagnostic analytics. Really is what's happening and kind of why it's happening. But the industry itself is shifting, and a lot of thought leaders and a lot of organizational leaders are really taking the next step of that analytic journey and going from the the diagnostic, descriptive analytics more into the predictive space and the prescriptive space. So, not only do I want to know what's happening and why it's happening, that's kind of just you know, part of business nowadays, it is now. Well, what 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 should I account for? What should I be looking out for in the next, you know, say three months, five years, and so forth? And then ultimately, what should I do about it? That's where that prescriptive analytics comes into place. And um, we we've been heavily investing here within BHI to really bolster our analytic capabilities. Uh, to, to help support our blue our plan partners and, and by way uh, of, of that collaboration certainly trickling down to the providers within the health systems that are engaged with uh, the members and and, uh, and ultimately the, the, the beneficiary here is certainly those members and and our, our kind of goal here within BHI has always been you know using data to drive informed decision making to lower costs, for healthcare, but also certainly improve quality for our members.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's a lot of things that you guys do and um, the different tools and solutions that you offer. We, we learned about some of them with uh, SWATI. Uh, and so would love to hear from you, um, you know, more about some of the ways that you guys are are doing things differently than what's available traditionally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the key areas that we've been, as I mentioned, focusing, focusing in on, and this is where you know, I'll kind of go back to the the program as well at UIC, um, and just a, a little bit of a side note there. You know, that particular program has been also evolving over time, and and that kind of speaks to what's happening within within to the the industry itself. And that is, there's this need for data science, um, but more specifically, of uh, this concept known as data science for all. So in that that you don't have to be an individual that's behind you know a series of uh, um, algorithms and try to make best use. Of it, and, and then ultimately disseminating that information where it really doesn't get, you know, acted upon. But shifting that thinking and, and really making it available to everybody. So that anybody can come in really analyze some data sets and then ultimately come up with those conclusions that are the most meaningful and the reason why i mentioned that uh that example is we've taken that approach within dhi as well and what we're really doing is bolstering up our analytic capabilities by bringing in the right individuals uh investing in the right technologies for example we've heavily invested in machine learning solutions to take all all the information that we have. Um, you know, in that warehouse that I alluded to earlier and really unearth those meaningful insights, but ultimately predict, as I mentioned, what, what to, what, what is to be expected and then what can we do about it? So um, that's one way that we've been really differentiating ourselves is taking the data and not only just traditional data sets such as claims information, but bolstering it and, and augmenting that with um, other data sources. So things such as social determinants of health, you know, clinical data sets, um, taking all this disparate data, stitching it all together so that we can create a holistic picture for an individual. And when you have that, all those pieces working together, What's really unique about that is that those predictive indices and those um, and that accuracy uh, greatly improves over time, and um, and you're going to get some more. I, what we believe and what we are um, strongly advocating is just more actionable insights. So it's great to know that this particular individual lives in a potentially underserved area. They don't have access to a um, their PCP because they don't, don't have any transportation. Well, what can we do about that? Well, here are some suggestions that the data suggests that the data is telling us that may uh, influence this particular individual to go see the, the PCP. It could be a ride sharing program. It could be um, you know more outreach from a, uh, a social worker, a case manager, whatever the case may be. Um, so these are the insights that many of the CEOs that we've been working with are, are really, really
0: um, heavily uh, uh, wanting to to bring in house, so that as I mentioned, they can serve the communities. Yeah, that's neat. And, and you know, it's I think about the the payer model you know who pays for healthcare it's it's uh you know employers plans government um and so you know thinking about who who pays the bill and who gets the information right so so it'd be interesting to hear from you Sanket around are you guys distributing some of these learnings to to employers as well?
1: Yeah, we we work we work side uh, hand in hand and side by side, if you will, with our um, blue partners. Um, in terms of the information that's disseminated out, uh, absolutely, we do work directly with our uh, blue partners, who in turn certainly are involved with the employers. When you ask the question about kind okay, of who pays for healthcare, I always have the lens and the add on of you know I too am a patient. <laughs> so at, at the end of the day, for, for me, for, you know uh, personally, you know I want to make sure that my experience is seamless. I want to make sure that the, the treatment that I'm getting is appropriate I'm not getting sent off for you know unnecessary services that can be potentially harmful I also want to make sure that you know that I'm that I'm taking care of at the end of the day so um, and not only from a health perspective but also from my wallet perspective as well so it, it, it's that kind of mentality that really has, has really shaped our uh, approach uh, we, we, we take that patient-centric uh, look at things and and when it comes to you know disseminating the information absolutely we do talk to directly with our plan partners our other clients that we have um, partnered with and we, again, the again the end goal is really to get the information uh, out to uh, those individuals that are making a difference but ultimately those members that will benefit from from this uh these analytic insights uh, again just to, to improve their quality and, that, and that it's a win-win for for the entire community uh, continue when that
0: happens Sure yeah for sure i could see that and and so how about around COVID, right? And some people are saying we're going to have another resurgence of it. Are mm-hmm. there any things that you guys are doing to help health systems and plans prepare for that?
1: Uh, yeah, we are. We we, we have, uh, the, as the data starts to become more available and there's a lot of publicly available sources as well, of course, um, we are tracking kind of these hotspots. We are tracking how um, COVID has really impacted Uh, the industry. I mean, it's no secret that you're seeing, for example, um, less utilization of services, you know, for routine care, for example. And one of the things that we've been looking at is what does that impact, you know, long term? So, for example, you know, during this this pandemic, you may have not decided to go get your colonoscopy. You may have decided uh, that for your children, you're going to wait on those uh, yearly vaccinations. And so forth. So you know those those have um, potential impacts. And what does that mean for that particular individual if they're not getting that routine care? How do we educate? How do we engage them to continue to uh, to, to continue their course? Quite frankly, for care. And um, th- those are some of the things that we're really looking into to see what what are some potential uh, impacts that could arise from from the pandemic. In addition to that, just looking from from an analytic perspective, we're also tracking. You know, looking at the particular profiles individuals that um, have been diagnosed or who may be a potential you know, individual that could be highly susceptible to to being diagnosed, you know, using all of the information that we have uh, based on their genetic makeup, I should, should say, excuse me, in the clinical, clinical makeup, you know, pre- previous history um, and other uh, partner clinical markers, you know, these are some of the candidates that could be you know, um, impacted if, if another resurgence were to, to um, make its way here into the states and into the local markets. So we're, we're tackling that in a variety of different ways. Um, we certainly are uh, keeping an eye out on what's out there publicly, but we're also leveraging the data that we have in-house. Uh, and along with working together with the association of plans to, to really uh, provide more
0: direct insights for those members that we serve. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. And, you know, that that is a challenge, right? And you, you think about all of the care that is not happening, the routine care, those checkups, those colonoscopies, those Absolutely. vaccinations. I mean, this stuff builds up and could become a second wave of concern from this pandemic.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's this whole thought process of, you know, uh, I'll I'll give you an example. I mean, you know, during this pandemic, I probably should have gone and taken my routine physical, and I just didn't. You know, I didn't do it. (laughs) You know, I should have. um, I should have probably done it, but, you know, I wasn't ready to do it. There's a lot of consumer preference there. You know, it's like maybe it's not the right time. And by the way, I, you know. I've had a, a couple of friends that have done it. The whole experience has changed. You know, for example, now you're not just kind of walking in and then, you know, checking in here. It's No, you got a call from the parking lot in, my, in this one example, sit in your car, and then you get a text message and you come in, you get, you know, you get your temperature checked. So the experience has changed, quite frankly, as well, you know, and that could be also a turn off for many individuals, you know, it's, it's, it's too much just to get my routine, you know, exam done. And I don't want to go through that again. And, and, you know, so these are these kind of consumer behaviors and the experience, you know, all coupled in, it's, it's challenging. And then on, on the flip side of things is that you know, when it's time to kind of get this information, you know, hopefully it's not uh, too late, but it's like, okay, well, let, you know, now some time has passed. I'm comfortable to go back in there. You know, how are the health systems reacting to that? Are they getting overwhelmed, you know, with all of these uh, surgencies of, of certain care that needs to be done? So, you know, I've got 40 uh, colonoscopies that I have scheduled that I don't have enough bandwidth and time to to get that all done. So, you, you know, you've got that kind of um, supply demand slash load balancing that you have to deal with um, from the health system's perspective as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it how it all shakes out. But I can tell you, you know, certainly that, you know, these routine visits and well visits have, have declined. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, how do we not lose sight of that from a patient perspective, but also from those that are, you know, helping those individuals to encourage them to come back in and, and get those... Um, you know, routine checkups and those uh, that blood work done, because, you know, if you don't, uh, there could be some some dire consequences and we want to uh, certainly avoid something like that.
0: Yeah, now that makes a lot of sense. Ankit. Thank you for that. And, you know, uh, around the idea of business model innovation, you know, wh- what would you point to as maybe a thing that you're most proud of that you guys have been able to do? To make business better for for your customers.
1: Well, we've done a few things, but I, I would probably look at our our analytics as as a game changer. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally speaking, for for not only the organization, but for for our for our clients. I mean, leveraging a large data set uh, to produce meaningful and precise analytics has been has been quite beneficial not only for us certainly but also for our our, our partners what is interesting about that approach and we're really proud of is that especially when you're looking at very very rare cases you know certain certain, you need a large end you need a large database to really do uh, conduct meaningful analytics and because we have a warehouse you know that's. 200 plus million lives, you know, spanning every geography within the U.S., uh, you know, over 10 plus years, you know, we, we do have the volume to then really, really mine the data and really run it through some meaningful algorithms and build specific algorithms for, for those particular cohorts. And that's been, um, in, in my opinion, quite advantageous, especially when it comes to information that most people don't have readily available, especially when, as I mentioned, those rare conditions and those rare diseases. Um, So that does play a a key role. And then in addition to that, you know, we've been, um, one of the solutions that we've we've rolled out is our risk identification and stratification uh, solution within BHI. And that is really where I mentioned earlier about how we're taking not only kind of what's happening and, and, and segmenting this population across various risk factors, but more importantly, you know, here's what you should do about it. So here's an example of where this is really valuable, in my opinion, is that a nurse manager or case manager has hundreds and hundreds of different cases to work with well What's interesting about this unique kind of approach is, well, you have hundreds of cases, and, and and maybe there are some folks that just don't want to be engaged with. Maybe there is just you know kind of a list that has no really you know um, order or whatsoever. What we're doing is we're taking this information and really unearthing those members that will be impacted the most by these prescriptive analytics. So here's here's an individual that is an ideal candidate for outreach. They'll engage. They'll be um, um, somebody that will benefit from your uh, interaction and sometimes these folks just kind of fly under the radar. So what we're doing is really bringing these individuals up to the top of the queue, so that um, those and because those are the ones that are going to need the care uh, very soon. And engaging that strategy from an outreach perspective, and that to me has been very interesting because, as I mentioned, it's taking this. Huge caseload, really identifying and shifting it to the, focusing on those members that need the, the intervention right away, and then essentially going out and, and making those outreaches.
0: That's interesting, Sanke. And so is this data prompt something that gets sent to the, to the provider or, or does it get sent to the payer? And where does the message come from?
1: Yeah, it's it's um, it's a little bit of both, and yes to oh, both okay. of those um, questions. So, so, the way what we've tried what we've kind to have done is, is um, and the way we've approached it is, we understand that nurse managers and case managers have like various different point solutions with various different tools, and that's where half their time is being spent is just kind mm-hmm. of pulling up this screen to look at the member enrollment information, right. pulling up this screen to figure out what programs they're in, pulling up this screen to see if they've been um, you know engaged in the care management program. So it becomes just overwhelming. Right. And, and our approach is not providing them yet with another tool. You know, here's here's another tool to kind of now add to your toolbox. Our approach is we're going to give you the meaningful data and distribute it through to you through API um, uh, technology and integrate it with your existing workflow. So there is no extra tool. There is no extra solution. It is what you're already doing. And by the way, here is that pop-up that comes up that says XYZ uh, that you need to know very quickly about this particular member and then ultimately integrating it with the, you know, with the existing uh, operational flow that they have within the within the system. Um, a good example of that an ideal state would be if somebody calls in to the, you know, to your, you call them back your insurance uh, card about to get this particular surgery. And then this profile does come up where it does, you know, provide the member services individual or the nurse manager, whatever the case may be. Um, though that permit piece, those permit pieces of information so they don't assist through 75 different tools, you know, to kind of get that done. That, that, that profile.
0: Wow, that's really neat. So really, it's an integration of the disparate data sources and then you integrate it into their workflow.
1: That's correct, yeah. Yeah, as I mentioned, it's, a, you know, in, 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 it's very difficult to kind of introduce new concepts, especially when you already have it. And the reason why I brought up the hundreds of cases, they have to hit those hundreds of cases. They can't, <laughs> they can't just, you know, not, uh, you know, focus on a certain particular cohort. So the more time you kind of distract them with and the more tools we provide them with, you know, then there's that give and take there, right? And our thought process right. is let's just integrate it with what they're doing so that we make the best use of their time. And, and and we make the best use of the member's time, quite frankly, as well. And then ultimately, those providers benefit as well because they're getting the necessary information they need to then administer the right care, you know? So it's, 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 it's this concept of just, you know, why don't you just take what I'm already doing, give me more information on it, and automatically improve my efficiency.
0: Yeah. I love it. Sounds so interesting. Uh, Mm -hmm. Great example. Thank you for that one, Sunkit. Sure. And so, you know, these things are not easy. (laughs) Health IT is not easy. (laughs) So I uh, say that and wonder, what is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced? And what was a big lesson that came out of it? Sure. And
1: I, I can talk about it in a couple of ways. One of the big, I guess, challenges is there's just there's a shortage, in my opinion, of data scientists in the healthcare space. And I mean, if you kind of go on a job search board, I mean, they're 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 posted out there. I mean, the hiring managers and organizations are really trying to bring in talent in house. To take the information that they have available in their four walls and really make more meaningful use out of it, you know, and, and to do that, you really need the right talent. And then actually within the program at UIC, you know, we've heard that loud and clear from our students from years past and we built a um, health, um, health data science track within the master's program. And and it's it's taken off. I mean, many, many students really, you know, gravitate towards that particular track because that's kind of where the industry is, is headed. And so this lack of talent or the shortage of talent has become a focus area for many organizational leaders. And what they're trying to do essentially is bring this information in-house and not only, you know, um, have that talent kind of uh, uh, provide those meaningful insights, but also disseminate that information throughout the organization. And that's been a struggle. Uh, mainly because there's just not enough um, individuals out there that that do come into the healthcare space with that type of background. And now with with just so much data that's available, you know, um, especially from the, you mentioned EMRs, claims information, you've got uh, publicly available data sources, clinical data, I mean, marrying all that up is a daunting task, as you alluded to. So, you know, finding those right individuals to to, uh, put that uh, puzzle together has been a primary focus so that's one of the areas that you know I think that certainly there's been a challenge and there's been a call to action and it is as evident as you can see, that many of these industries are, are are trying to really bolster their data science presence and, and their next generation analytics. You know whether it be machine learning and some of the other obviously buzzwords that we call them, but you know there is some truth behind it in terms of the AI and um, uh, consumer driven uh, analytics. So it, it's it, that's where one of the challenges. Um, Certainly has been brought out to the forefront, and, and we at BHI also continue to, to really bolster our data science uh, departments and, and um, staff as well. Well,
0: you guys, this is this is your core competency, right? I mean, you guys are, are this is what you guys do.
1: It is, and, and we're always looking for more more and more talent because there's always great ideas out there. We certainly have our own individual ideas that we've come up with and, and just the more kind of viewpoints and the more expertise that we want to bring into the organization only betters our position, certainly. And, you know, again, many organizations are, are trying to do the same thing and they're they're on their journey. They, You know, you never heard of a chief analytics officer or chief data officer back in, uh, you know, maybe say 10 years ago or so, and then, you know, you're starting to see many organizations that are really put, putting these uh, positions um, because it is it's very important. You know we're in a data driven world right now, and you know what is the strategy for data uh, and analytics for organizations? You know because without it, it's going to be hard to survive. And and so so many organizations are, as I mentioned, are really investing heavy in, into really bolstering that that aspect of the
0: business. Man, that is so true, Sanke. Well said. Well said. I appreciate that that perspective. And and so the shift it's happened. You know the divide between the way it used to be done to how it's how it's being done today, you know, there's been a departure. And so what would you say you're you're most excited about today?
1: Well, I'm certainly excited about more application, um, you know, in terms of the the analytics space. So right now, I think we're very much scratching the surface. I mean, many organizations are. You hear a lot of folks saying that, oh, we're totally an AI shop. And, you know, really, what does that mean <laughs> at the end of the day? You know, it's, it's nice to say, but, uh, you know, kind of getting the theory into practice is is really the hardest uh, part. And so, what I'm excited about is exactly just that: is is you know, taking this information that we've had and and really making it meaningful and and usable for for all. And um, you know, it's, it's it's a journey. Don't get me wrong; uh, it's not something that can happen overnight. But just seeing some of this um, uh, some of the insights that we're pulling at BHR has been incredible especially now that there's just so much data out there that can be leveraged um, for, you know, as I mentioned, precise uh, targeting and precise analytics. It's, it's fascinating. And, um, you know, you're starting to see kind of a shift where, you know, I mentioned a little bit about uh, the EMR and the clinical data. But then there's consumer data that that's really getting me excited. So things such as, you know, wearables, um, your your phone, um, some of the, the vitals that it captures and just some of this data that's been driven and created by the consumer itself and some of the behaviors, you know, coupling all of that into some of the analytics um, is is going to be an extremely uh, important uh, evolution step for for the analytics uh, within healthcare. And I'm just really excited to see it all come together. Many organizations are are piecing uh, these things together. DHI is certainly heavily involved in that space. Uh, It's just just exciting to see where it goes next. And honestly, as the data science aspect and as more individuals becoming
0: more uh, familiar with analytics and educated about it, you're going to see that rapidly uh, move forward. Yeah, that's uh, certainly exciting times when the analytics that you get are actionable which is what Sanket is, is talking to us about today, that's when the decision-making power, the strategy you could put together uh, becomes so much more powerful. And so Blue Health Intelligence, uh, you guys could find them on the web at bluehealthintelligence.com. Um, and obviously in the show notes, uh, go to outcomesrocket.health. Blue Health Intelligence. You'll see Mr. Sanket Shah there. You'll you'll find the entire show notes and uh, transcript. But um, this has been such a neat interview. I've I've really enjoyed it with you, Sanket. Why don't you go ahead and leave us with a closing thought and the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I I think one thing to look out for is this concept of you know the the. The thought process that analytics are created in a silo and, and kept in that, you know, guarded area is is, is shifting. And what's happening now is um, many organizational leaders down from the very top, down to the, you know, the individual staff that's supporting uh, operational flows want data. They want analytics. They want information so they can, as you mentioned, make better decisions. And so this concept for data for all, or analytics for all, is really the, the shift that's occurring. And you're seeing that with technology stacks that used to be really meant for kind of these hardcore coders and developers that's now very user-friendly. I mean, anybody can come in and, and produce a report. Anybody can come in and ask a question and get the answers that they're seeking. And um, that shift is then moving into uh, some of the predictive analytics and some of the prescriptive analytics that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, that's where uh, the industry is headed. And that's where I think many folks are very excited uh, about and really want to be a part of. And certainly within BHI, that's exactly what we're um, uh, striving for um, as we kind of evolve as well. And in terms of finding me, you can seek me by way of uh, Blue Health Intelligence. You can look me up on Twitter at ITHealthProf or uh, certainly visit the University of Illinois Chicago Health Informatics web
0: page. If you're interested in participating in the program, or enrolling, uh, take a look and uh, feel free to reach out. Sanket, thanks for that. And uh, listeners, there's an opportunity to engage however you feel is fit. This is the future and uh, definitely always benefits us from learning more and, and becoming experts in that which will shape the future of healthcare. And, and with that, Sankit's invitation to engage on the UIC front as well as on um, the Blue Health Intelligence front is there. It's up to you to make that move. So, Sankit, just want to say thanks again for spending time with us. It's uh, certainly been uh, an insightful time together. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Appreciate it. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production monetization and achieving the roi you're looking for technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though you should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention a patched up podcast could ruin your business let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more that's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more